Welcome to A Street in Lockdown. This podcast is an insight into the lives of people who live in and around one road and how the COVID-19 outbreak has affected them. I'm Jane Vickers and live in West Hove on the UK's south coast. Though neighbours, I'd never met most of the people taking part and because of the rules around social distancing, all the conversations you'll hear were virtual. I hope it's not too long until we can meet face to face. But in the meantime, this is a street in lockdown. Well, uh, my name is Hal. Uh, I'm 19 years old and I am at present a college student at a local sixth form. Uh, That's somewhat of a tenuous definition because I haven't actually been to college in over a month. Uh, Everything is shut down at present due to the coronavirus pandemic. How did that all happen? Talk me through what happened then with college. Did it suddenly get announced or did you get a kind of rumour that it was going to happen? How did it all come about? It was sort of a slow crawl over the course of a week, about two weeks. It was quite spooky actually because we had a load of exchange students at my college. They were all pulled out and sent back to their home countries across Europe because either the program was cancelled or their parents didn't want them in Bryson anymore, which I understand to an extent. Over a week, multiple teachers either took time off because they believed they had coronavirus or they went into self-isolation because they lived with somebody who believed they had coronavirus. Uh, so, you know, in terms of lessons, I had to attend that very rapidly went down. So I was only going in for about three days anyway by the time the schools were officially closed. It was quite sudden, um, which I understand to an extent because, you know, the schools can't decide to close really. They had to wait for what the government was doing. And, you know, it was was just a lot of, you know, disorganisation. Nobody really knew what was going on. Uh, Sort of a headless chicken situation. Just remind us what you were you know, what you were studying and what you were doing? Uh, AS Psychology, GCSE Mathematics and AS English Literature. It's almost difficult to remember that. And and of course, now the government has announced that you won't be taking those exams and somehow they're going to be worked out what your grades would have been based on coursework, I suppose. Yeah. They're uh, going to be formulating the... uh, results for GC- for, for all exams uh, based on previous coursework and mock exams, which is quite terrible because really, you know, everybody does badly on the mocks. Um, so I think a lot of people who are really quite, you know, intelligent and mindful are going to be lumbered with a really non-representative grade. Hopefully that's something employers and universities will take into account, but I, you know, I don't know. Do you, I mean, how do you feel about all of that? Well, personally, I, I mean, I personally, I feel content because I know that I've done all I can to get a good grade. Uh, I'm still keeping up with work that is being set online. Um, and, you know, I, I know that I've done all I can. Um, in a perverse way, I'm quite relieved. I haven't got to go to college anymore. I haven't got to worry about exams. But that's, you know, it's kind of a dual-edged sword because it's, on the one hand, it's quite a terrible consequence for the whole nation. You know, this is a whole generation that's being upended, effectively, by, yeah. what's, by what's going on. You know, it's, it's, it's out of our control. 
Are you worried at all that you'll be known as the Corona kind of A level year that ducked, ducked the real thing? Um, yeah, in a sense. I think uh, I think this generation gets lumbered with a lot more negative stereotypes than uh, not having to do any work. But you're right; I hadn't considered that actually. Yeah, I think there will be kind of a sort of a cultural disdain either from those older than us and those following us that you know we got the grades we didn't have to do any work which is obviously not true but you know yeah well what about your peers then i mean how are you keeping in touch with friends how has that been for you i feel so sorry for people of your age who have got so much energy the weather's been gorgeous since this all started Mm. You know, you would have been coming up to quite a pressured time now if your exams were going ahead, yeah. but still the excitement of the summer ahead and what that would have meant for you. Tell me how you're coping and feeling about all of that. Well, I mean, you know, we're all kind of getting along with it together. You know, I mean, some of my friends at university, they've been sent home and, you know, they're in a state of uncertainty as well. You know, they're having to be 10 times as independent as they expected themselves to be. And, you know, it's already their first time at uni being independent and it's it's difficult. You know, it's not just one difficult thing to adjust to. It's actually going to be 10 times worse than you expected. Um, yeah. Thankfully, you know, we're all able to keep in touch via, you know, the Internet and social media, um, which is just good fortune because if this was happening a century ago, which it did, if you remember Spanish flu, um, that would be much harder. But, you know, thankfully, I'm able to converse with my peers and keep in touch on a daily basis without violating any of the government advice yeah and what about you getting out and things like that and how are you how are you getting your one bit of exercise a day what's that like for you well my my state mandated exercise which is a unusually it sounds very soviet when you put it like that um i usually go for a walk <laughs> about a mile uh up church new church road to uh, saint andrew's church and back and that's about it really that's um even less interesting than it sounded in my head oh goodness it's you know i mean i try to get as much vitamin d as possible because obviously the sun's out it's you know the roads are quiet the air is palpably cleaner which is wonderful um, yeah i mean what what do you think of the benefits of all of this and you talk there about the roads being quiet and things feeling cleaner i mean for you how are you are you looking at it in that perspective from, um, from that perspective yeah i i think overall this might be a net positive for some major industries you know we've been able to prove that some work that employers said can't be done from home it can be done from home we're socially we're re, you know we're, we're being forced to reevaluate <clears throat> sorry socially we're being forced to reevaluate what we define as an essential worker you know people are starting to realize that the cashiers at supermarkets with bin men should be afforded the same level of, you know, same level of social respect as a GP. You know, every job is a job. You know, everybody plays a role in society. We're going to have to look at, you know, what isn't isn't essential. And it turns out a lot of it is. I yeah. think you know, for the environment, this is going to be this is fantastic. You know, so much less pollution, so much everything's just nicer. I mean, anecdotally, I've noticed. You know, my clothes are cleaner, my hair is better, my skin's doing better. It's, you know, there's so much less pollutants in the air. Okay, that's really interesting. You're seeing the physical evidence of, of, of that. Yeah, I, ooh, anecdotal. Personally, I can't speak for everybody. But um, personally, I've definitely noticed, you know, 
there have been physical repercussions to the decreased general activity of the city in the last, you know, since over the last month. Yeah. What about your household then? Tell us a little bit about, you know, what that's like and how you're all coping. Well, um, you know, I mean, I, I live uh, one of the parts of my mum. Uh, it's a relatively small flat um, in a pretty quiet area. There's, you know, we're by the sea, so the air is good anywhere, regardless of, you know, coronavirus lockdown or not. Um, it's difficult because there's not really a garden space and some of the neighbours insist on social gatherings, which are pretty obviously, you know, not cool, but, you know, what are you going to do? It's, you know, because everybody's, because everybody's, you know, staying home and working from home, you're ten times more aware of the noise other humans generate. Not even in an annoying way, it's just... You know, it kind of wears thin sometimes being able to hear every time downstairs puts on the kettle or every time next door is doing the washing up. You know, it's not, you definitely feel you can't escape from your own home, which is ridiculous because you can, but you know, there's a lot more, you know, it's like an unpleasant level of awareness of everything that's going on in your own personal living space, you know? Mm, That's really interesting, actually, isn't it? That usually we're out and about, we're busy, we're doing stuff, we're not on top of each other. Mm. Uh, and noticing those sounds, I, f- I find that fascinating. Yeah, the kettle going on. And if you don't live in a flat and you're lucky enough to live in a house, that will be something that you don't recognise. Mm. But that flat living upstairs, downstairs, and being aware of people coming in and out is certainly something you would experience a lot more in that living space. And, and if you're like, like me yours. and all you've got to do is sit, on your ass and do nothing for eight, ten hours a day, more or less. You, you know, you kind of find you, you, you're forced to look at new things you never looked at before, in the most mundane and boring way. You know, I mean, I've lived in my house four years tomorrow, and I'm still discovering, you know, stains on the wall or you know, your patterns in the stucco. That, yeah, just because I'm so bored and I don't have anything to do other than go out or do some coursework for 20 minutes which is all that I have to do the way you describe that sounds to me like you know how I'd imagine being under house arrest would feel you know just you start to notice the small bits of detail like you've described it's quite um it's quite a vivid thing that you've just described there I was interested to ask you about your generation earlier on in the call you you talked about um your generation getting a really hard time and being getting some bad press it's quite um positive the flip side of that is that a lot of young people who are you know either working in supermarkets or they're care workers or they're working in the nhs have really stepped up i think Mm. and whatever bad press they've had before the context of it now is that actually these are the heroes of the now. Um, there are some real sacrifices being made Absolutely. by some very young people. What do you think about that? I, I agree completely. You know, these people are heroes, you know, in the NHS. I just feel that as a society, as a society, we should be rewarding them better than clapping outside every eight o'clock on a Thursday. Every mm. first day at eight o'clock, I, I you know, I, I think it's good activism, but it's slacktivism effectively. Where you know we should do something more effective for these people's lives, like 
voting to you know improve their pay, voting to suspend their student debt, which we're not doing for whatever reason, and that you know we we can't you know you can't pay rent or your student debt with platitudes as nice as they are you know there, there needs to be more direct action in terms of respecting these care workers and supporting them because they are keeping this country alive in a very literal sense right now yeah well, what do you think do you think that that's a legacy for your generation in uh, how do you mean well in terms of do you think that this will now redefine people's views do you think it will shape and change the way some people might have had a negative view of a generation or a certain people within a band of age group and, and, and seeing these really young people going out there and working in care homes and things like that. Do you think that that will change opinion based on the comment you made earlier? I mean, what's it like now? What do you think that f- sense of your generation is? You said it's really negative. Where, where's that from? And do you oh. think that there will be a positive thing that will come out of it through all the things that your people of your age are doing. Um, I'd agree with that. Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, we are going to, you know, my generation specifically is finding a new level of respect for people we hadn't previously considered. And even if we didn't previously disrespect a job or a worker of a certain kind, we are going to be realising that, you know, they exist, they take part in society as much as we do, and we need to respect them and the work they do, whether, you know, this is part of a broader social movement, I'd argue pre-coronavirus but i also you know i think we're seeing a lot of newfound respect for essential workers across all age groups i mean look at um better sent that centenarian uh colonel tom moore who was walking around his garden and raised nearly 30 million pounds putting aside the debate over whether we should be making a 99 year old war veteran run in circles to fund the nhs let's put that aside you know his story was that he came to appreciate the NHS after having a hip replacement at 98, 97, which is a hell of a procedure, mm. you know, at any age, really, let alone pushing 100. And I think hopefully, you know, with the idea of a pandemic, something that if you're a government, you can't buy off, you can't deflect, this is a perfect way of making people learn new things and changing mm. their views. And what about you personally? I mean, you talked about being really bored, doing your work, that you have to do um, walking down to St Andrew's Church have there been some new things that you've got into to avoid that boredom or to fight it in some way well I've not been exercising which is what everybody else claims to have been doing Uh, (laughs) I'm sure I'm gonna really regret not doing that in some time to come but um, you know I mean personally I've just been using it as an excuse to you know get through you know, all the records I've listened to in ages, getting new music, getting a new television, getting into new film, new books, as much as I can access. And the beauty of the internet is that I can access it. You know, library's closed. Great. I don't need to go to the library. I can buy a copy of Amazon. I could probably find it uploaded as a PDF. You know, I don't even need to buy the book to read it most of the time. Not that I'd encourage not buying a book, but reading the content. Um, you know, I... I've been able to, you know, uncover a lot of new things that I love doing and that I enjoy partaking in, all from the comfort of my own home. Oh, well, what's that? Tell me some things around that. I, I mean, I've, you know, found myself getting, well, I mean, you know, as I said, you know, getting into so much new music, new books that I hadn't previously appreciated. So tell us, tell us some of the new music that you've been getting into then, I'm quite interested in that. Um, 
a, a lot of uh, a lot of my dad's records really a lot of um Frank Zappa a lot of Steely Dan and benefit is that you know I've got a hi-fi system I'm lucky I can listen to it as loud as socially acceptable and I kind of you know I feel like I uncover something new every time you know I've been delving into new books I have a lot of um non-fiction mostly some obscure chemistry and physics books from the uh from the last from the 20th century and you know academically outdated as they may be it's still this wonderful kind of feeling of discovery and enjoyment that i get when i'm reading them yeah and previously i ever didn't have a time or i just didn't think about doing those things you know mm. it wasn't it, 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 it they weren't they're not they're not self-indulgent actions these things that i'm doing but i didn't have the time to indulge myself in doing them no, previously with my old no, life and schedule i remember one summer holiday i was had a lot of time on my hands i think i was about 14 or 15 years old and the test match was on and mm. i'd never really sat down and watched cricket and that summer i fell in love with the sport because I began to understand it by listening to the commentators, watching the game and really getting into the different kind of bowling styles and uh, how it all worked and the wickets and, uh, you know, are they going to put on a spinner or a fast bowler and what's the crease like now? And, oh, I became really into cricket and I've got a love of the sport ever since, mainly because I had all this time when I was 15 and there are some things I think that for people that are, you know, haven't got so much to do at the moment, whatever age you're at, uh, you know, you're going to find something I think out of all of this that you probably didn't discover oh, if you've yeah. got that time. Absolutely, it's a it's a really it's a real luxury, isn't it? In some ways, mm. despite the fact that you probably be prefer to be just having your normal life <laughs> in a way yeah but i also i you know i'm pretty confident that when things inevitably return back to normal i'm gonna quite miss this period in the world you know i'm gonna want to go back to it in some way or mm. another tell me about what's next for you then um obviously lots of uncertainty around your grades and what what's going to happen with that but what, what are you thinking of next and are you making plans for that? Well, my long-term plan is to, you know, go directly into employment, which will hopefully not be too difficult, given that I won't actually have had to, you know, do any exams for the grades I'll be given. <laughs> um, if I'm lucky, you know, as I said earlier, they'll be taking that into account and taking a more positive view of somebody who's gotten a D or a C rather than a B or an A. I doubt that, though. I, you know, I mean, to be honest with you, I try not to think too much about the future at this moment in time, because I can't, you know, I, I can't get too invested in one particular avenue that might be completely upended. And that's just, you know, for my own personal, you know, emotional well-being, you know, I don't want to put together a whole plan inside my head of, you know, I'm going to do exactly this, lockdown or not, and then find that it's completely overruled and impossible to be done because of, you know, the lockdown going in a certain way or another. Which, and that, I feel like that philosophy is quite common, at least amongst my peers, I can't speak for my generation. Um, you know, this feeling of, you know, not getting particularly attached and just letting things play out first. I feel like that's quite common among my peers, because historically we've had to deal with at least a few things that have, you know, major 
things in British society that have been out of our control. Most famously, Brexit. You know, we were just a tiny bit too young to have a say in that. Uh, you know, the last couple of prime ministers, we generally didn't have a say in that. Um, and obviously coronavirus, which is nobody's fault. Nobody had any control over that. But it's something that's affected every single one of us. And so I think, yeah, yeah, as a consequence, we've got this tendency to, you know, not really get too invested or hopeful for anything. Not in a nihilistic way, but, you know, just we're, we're mindful, we're wary, and, you know, we're open to things not necessarily going how we want them to. Mm. This time next year, though, have you got a dream? Have you got a hope for what you'll be doing? Well, I mean, you know, in a perfect world, I'll be working. Uh, I'll be not having to worry about any kinds of coronaviruses. <laughs> well, I, feel, I, I like to think by next April that's realistic, but, I'm, you know, I don't know about that. Um, mm. I don't know. I just, I mean, right now my priority is, you know, I want to be working and earning my own money and working towards my own place or just whatever just you know prioritize having a job and being able to you know put something back into the world is there a part of you that's a little bit resentful of having to stay indoors when you're such a low risk group part of a low risk kind of um cohort of the population is there part of you that thinks actually you know what i can understand why you need to self-isolate if you're over 80 but i'm 19 i'm fit and healthy just let me get on with it um i no not really um i i I wouldn't argue that we're low risk i just argue that we think we're low risk um which is incredibly risky i you know I, i you know i trust the science i for once trust the government largely I, you know, I don't feel resentful. I feel like it's a measured and appropriate decision. As tempting as I, as tempted as I've been to break it, whether it's to, you know, hang out with friends or go on a date with somebody, it's, you know, I've never really given in because it's not worth it, you know? It's just, you know, I'm not, it's, it'll be short term gratification for potentially long term suffering, either of me or somebody else with coronavirus. Is there one thing that you're most looking forward to doing when this is all over? Um, you know what? Yeah, actually, uh, by pure coincidence, um, right before this uh, lockdown was uh, you know, officially declared, uh, I've been on a few dates with somebody, um, and it's very promising. It was very promising, I hope. And, you know, we're still talking every day. We've kind of had to completely suspend and postpone any you know obviously you know getting together and hanging out and seeing each other and i kind of want to get that sorted the minute lockdown gets lifted just go out for coffee or something or whatever i don't really care it's just this yeah i just feel very frustrated at the moment because the minute things start looking good it's you know completely out of you know there's no possible way to put it back together you know there's no chance of you know, seeing where things go for the foreseeable future. Yeah, that must feel really frustrating. God, I really feel for you. Well, well done for keeping within the rules and not buckling, because I think that's really tough. Um, And I really hope that that all works out. 
Um, that's that is tough. That is really tough. But as you say, I mean, you've got online <laughs> contact yeah, and things, I mean, but it, obviously lucky. it's not the same, is it? It's not, but it's you know, it's not the same, but it's pretty damn close. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm that's as happy great. as I can be. Yeah, that's really good. That's really good. And anything else? I mean, anything else that you're looking forward to? I mean, I I don't know. Is it going to the cinema or have you really missed something um, that you're quite looking forward to doing? Uh, not to be... I, I'm not sure if this will count as like promotion or a commercial or whatever, but I single-handedly, the best burgers I've ever had were at Grubbs in Palmyra Square. Oh. So the minute they reopen, I think I'm going to have to go over there. <laughs> immediately if you know my atrophied muscles will run and sprint me there and that's where i'm gonna blow my first paycheck probably (laughs) the minute this lockdown lifts oh that's fantastic Uh, one of the things um i'm I'm, i mean i'm looking forward to having just going out for dinner actually i'm just Hmm. looking forward to going out and someone else cooking i've really missed really missed that that side of it um, and I'm, I, I tell you what I'm thinking, I, I don't know how you found this, the whole keeping your distance, the two metre thing. I think mm. it's going to take me a long time to not be uh, worried if someone comes too close to me when I'm out in the street. I've got so used to it now, this kind of imaginary two metre circumference around yeah. myself. That's that's going to be weird for us all, isn't it? And that's it? the thing, to- you know, I mean, coughing has become the equivalent of, you know, saying a racial slur or an epithet, you know, it's just... It's going to take a long time for people to, you know, kind of get over that instant, you know, flinch reaction to somebody coughing or sneezing or any mm. kind of unexpected socially awkward discharge, you know, that can potentially carry a disease. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's let's hope it's not too far off. We just don't know, do we, where where it's going to take us. I would love to catch up with you maybe further down the line. Um, yeah, sure. How, but I, you know, is, is there anything else that you'd like to add or say at this stage this the fifth week in lockdown well no not particular. I, I i don't have anything of particular substance other than partisan political observations which <laughs> would not be very helpful nor diplomatic of me so no i don't have anything to add well, why why have you haircuts can we talk haircuts yeah sure what's your approach to haircuts because i'm beginning to think about mine it's growing well i generally go to the same place i i, I mean I, I you know i can't tell you how excited i'm going to be for the conversations in the barbershop once all this is over <laughs> i mean i'm lucky because as a man haircuts are cheap and quick so you know mm. the difficulty is as a man my hair grows what feels like a solid meter every month <laughs> and I just feel disgusted. I, I, you know, I mean, for God's sake, I'm, I've, I've been clean shaven since I was 13, 14. I'm letting a beard grow out for the first time in my life. Really? Because I'm, yeah, because, you know, yeah, I'm not seeing anybody, really. I don't have to look as uh, presentable as I do. And I know it's going to suck shaving it, but I also feel much better about it. I, it's, I'm going to be eternally grateful for that haircut when it comes. Yeah. That's so interesting, one, isn't it? I, uh, you know, it's going to be the um, the queues are going to be outside the hairdressers, not outside the supermarkets when this all. Oh, I'll be out, I'll be outside in a tent, at, you know, eight in the morning, <laughs> first through our door. 
<laughs> well, I'm looking forward to seeing the post-grooming how maybe we'll get to meet. I've been saying on this podcast that, you know, it's, it would be great to actually meet the people that I've, that I've been speaking to. That sounds like a very met. safe idea right now. Have it's us what, all sorry? together. That sounds like a very safe idea right now. Yeah. Have us all in the same room, you know. <laughs> yes. Well, enjoy that haircut when it happens. And in the meantime, um, thank you once again for your time. I really do appreciate no it. Take care of yourself. Thanks for listening to A Street in Lockdown. For more stories, go to a streetinlockdown.co.uk.